Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Talking Football Podcast. My name's Derek Clark and every week we try and bring you a top-class interview with some of the most engaging and colourful characters involved in the game. This week it was an absolute honour to sit down and chat with a proper Scottish footballing legend, the Wembley Wizard himself, Jim McCalliog. Jim was in fantastic form as he told me about his growing up in the Gorbals, his brief spell at Leeds United, making a name for himself at Chelsea, his time at Sheffield Wednesday where he became the most expensive teenager in football and played in the FA Cup final in 1966. We go into detail, of course, about his Scotland debut when he scored and was part of that glorious side that beat world champions England at Wembley in 1967. He tells us about his time at Wolves, where he played in the European final, as well as Man United and Southampton, where he'd finally win the FA Cup and play a key role as he helped beat his former employers United. We also hear about his experience of playing in the States, where he'd take on Pelly, as well as his time away from the game when he decided to hang up the boots and why he's decided to write his autobiography. It's jam-packed with terrific stories from a true giant of the game, so sit back and enjoy the latest episodes of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Talking Football Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined on the line at this week by the Wembley Wizard himself, Jim McCalliog. Uh, Jim, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure, Derek. I'm looking forward to it and... Uh... Let's go, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what a career, Jim. I mean, doing the research before I was speaking to you here, I mean, such a long career and such a, a colourful one at that too, Jim. Before we talk about that, but of course, um, you've been writing your, your autobiography, haven't you? And that's um, is, that, that's been keeping you busy. Yeah, that's been wonderful. It's, it's brought back so much, uh, so many uh, great memories, Derek. Yeah. Um, you know, football uh, can be a short life for, for some people who are who are under, unfortunate. But for myself, I was very fortunate and I was lucky. Things went well for me, Derek. I, I didn't get a lot of injuries. I didn't get any serious injuries. So my heart kind of goes out for the players that, you know, have a short career because of injury. But yeah. thankfully, a lot of them can actually get back into the game maybe in a, a coaching capacity or, or yeah. be in the game because they obviously love the game. Yeah. Um, your career the, the, then, Jim, you were born, of course, back in uh, Glasgow, 1946. Growing up uh, as, as a young boy, were you always kicking the ball around? Yeah, I'm proud to say I'm a Gobbles boy. I had a, a great childhood. Uh, my, my parents didn't have a, a lot of money, but what they, they had, they, they gave us. They gave us the best of what they could provide. The, the, the gobbles back then, they, there was boys' clubs, there was boys' girls, there was, there was stuff going on. The communities were, were excellent. And, and I felt very happy and, and, and safe in that environment. A lot is talked about the gobbles yeah. and about this and that, but I never had a fear when I was in the gobbles. And uh, I, I totally loved it. And I had a lot of friends school friends and, and, and boys club friends and uh, soccer, football was always a big part of my life. Yeah, was it one of those ones, Jim? I speak to a lot of uh, players back in the day where you're out at first thing in the, in the morning and getting called in late at night. Was it one of those sort of things? 
Yeah, the the, the the best thing always was I could my mum we were on the first floor, so I would get about as close as I could downstairs and I'd shout out my mum would hear me and then really I was starving and, and I just shout shout up to her and uh, she'd open the window and I say, Mum, can I have a, a piece and can you be real quick with it? And and she used to make me up a piece of uh, probably no butter on it, probably just probably jam and, and yeah. she'd throw it and she'd wrap it up and throw it down towards me and I'd be catching it and I'd be saying to that to my mum at the same time <laughs> in case I would miss anything Derek <laughs> That's superb and, and, but, but, Who was your role models? Who was your heroes growing up Jim? Lots of great role models um, when I was growing up Derek because being in the heart of Glasgow yeah. I could go to five stadiums you know, there was Ibrox, there was Celtic, there was Clyde, uh, there was Patrick Thistle, and, yeah. and back then there was Third Lanark, who, who sadly yeah. went into administration. Uh, so I could go to any of them games. But to be honest, Derek, a lot of the time I was playing myself, so I, I didn't have a lot of time. I could maybe go to games during the week yeah. or, or maybe the internationals. Um, when they would finish uh, they would start at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and um, by the time I'd finished school I could get up to Hamden and, and I could see the second half and, and that was wonderful yeah. yeah really good area I was in uh, lots of great role models um, God you know the Rangers were a good side back then yeah. Celtic were not so good Clyde was a better, was a good side then and a, a well-run club. Uh, so Lanark had a lot of good forwards, uh, a lot of characters. And of course, Patrick Thistle, where my first coach came from, a guy called David McParland. Oh, yes, yes. And David McParland was a, was a left winger, which was quite unusual because David McParland was about 5 feet 11, maybe 6 feet. And, and usually the, them type of guys back then, they were usually defenders. <laughs> Whereas David was a big winger. And uh, my first coaching course was at Lesser Hamden. I was invited to go to Lesser Hamden. And uh, it was good to see David McParland up front and, and listen to what he had to say about football. And with him being a forward, it, it, it favoured me because I preferred to play in the forward line, uh, Derek. Yeah, um, was it right you were playing with um, the school when um, was it Leeds United sent a, sent a scout up to sit, have a look at you, Jim? Yes, I had, um, I had quite a lot of clubs came to see, uh, came to the house to see if I would uh, move down <laughs> south. Um, my mum actually made a count of them um, and then <laughs> marked them all down, but I won't embarrass myself by telling you how many. But there was there was. There was quite a few, wow. but I remember um, playing when Leeds first uh, came to my door. There was a scout called Mr. Barr, lovely gentleman, and uh, Don Revy then came to see me, and uh, that was my first decision, my football decision. After I played for Scotland Schoolboys, uh, I moved to Leeds United. Me and uh, uh, a guy that played in the same team as me in the schoolboy side, Peter Lorimer. Yeah. So Peter done very well. Great player, great lad. Um, 
so you know that was my first move into professional soccer. Yeah, absolutely. You went down to Leeds United, of course, being a young boy. Um, Jim, did, did it feel like the, the the other end of the earth going down there? Oh, it was horrendous, Derek, <laughs> because I, I got on the, the train myself because my parents, that was part of the deal. My parents were moving from Glasgow down to Leeds. Oh, were they? Wow. And, yeah, which was good. It was a great deal for myself and my parents. Yeah. And... Uh, so when I got on the the train, I, I was on the train on my own going down to Leeds. And as it pulled out of Central, I, I thought, God, what have I done? I've left, all, <laughs> I've left all my pals, everybody that I've known, all these people that have helped me and all the rest of it. But then that that left me because obviously in my head was I'm, I'm going to make them proud of me yeah. and, and I'm not going to come back. Um, until I've made as a professional footballer. Yeah. Um, see, when you went down there, Jim, um, we had uh, Henry McLeish on it a few months ago. Would he be? Would he have been there when you were down there? As, I think he was only there for a couple of weeks, right enough. I don't know if you remember him being there. No, I, I don't, sadly. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, um, Henry did very well, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah, and he he said that um, it was it was great. I mean, Don took you all out, and uh, you sort of learnt how to uh, use cutlery and all that sort of stuff. And were you sort of just <laughs> le- <laughs> t- was that the sort of stuff that you were, you were learning down there? How to be a man, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think so. He must have he must have had the same lesson as me because <laughs> when we got I got invited down to Easter when I was I was fourteen. Uh, before I was 15 in the September and uh, I went down to Leeds and there was me and my brother and they put us up in a hotel and, and like we like we said uh, we, we went down for dinner the first night me and my brother and it was all these nice and fogs yeah. and we thought what the, where do these go what do you do with these anyway that was us learning how to uh, yeah. Go go to a hotel and and possibly say maybe going up in the world, but I I we were quite happy where we were. But I remember that night, John Revy had already gave me quite a bit of money and said for for you know me and my my brother if we wanted to get anything you you know it would pay for it. Yeah. So I'd paid for us to go in to go to the pictures that night as well. <laughs> well, of course it, it was when the sound of music. It was one of the, it was the just come out yeah. and what happened was because I had this money we, we stocked up me and our Freddie um, with butter kissed uh, <laughs> popcorn anything you name it sweets and of course my younger brother once the film started it was quite emotional and my young brother was eating away at these the popcorn <laughs> and he was making such a, a, a noise people around us was going shh but there was nothing we could do, so it was a great memory. And uh, uh, of course, when we got outside, we were laughing our heads off. <laughs> um, going down to Leeds United at that point, I mean, the, I know you're only there for uh, a few months, in effect. But I mean, great players. You mentioned already Peter Lorimer, but looking at some of the names, Jack Charlton, of course, was there. Bobby Collins, of course. Um, Tommy Henderson, another Scott, was down there as well. So a whole a lot of big names down there. Yeah, there was a big contingency. It was it was also Jim Story, Tommy Younger, yeah. uh, Eric Smith, um, 
you know, and, and there was a lot of on-the-ground staff when I went there, the apprentices. There, there was Jimmy Greenoff, and there was yeah. David Harvey, and there was also um, Mick Bates, who, who was in the, the lead squad for a lot of years. And all the young players were coming through. So I was really there at the beginning of Leeds coming, you know, to to, to rise to the, the heights that they did rise to. Yeah. And uh, there, there was no doubt about it. Don Revy was always going to be a, a great manager. But the most important thing was that the chairman backed him big style. And uh, Don, Don Revy um, certainly accomplished a lot at Leeds. Yeah. Did you clean anybody's boots when you were down there, uh, Jim? No, because, uh, yeah, we were supposed to do, but a lot of the time, uh, the ground staff, there was about eight or nine of us. Yeah. We, we used to get the, the, the boots and look at the boots, and, and at that time, Leeds weren't particularly doing well. So <laughs> we were more or less throwing the boots in the corner and saying, he didn't play well on Saturday. And, <laughs> You know, just that, that was the way we were as kids. <laughs> but I, I remember having a bit of fun with, with Jimmy Greenoff because we, um, on a Monday after the home game, we had to sweep the stands. Yeah. Wow. And what happened was the, the groundsman told me and Jimmy to go in the stand opposite the tunnel. So we went over there and I looked at Jimmy and he looked at me and I thought, oh, sod it. And we threw down the brushes and we went down the back where we knew there was a door, went round to where the tuck shop was in the main road beside Elland Road, yeah. and went in there, and, and we could get tick in there till a Friday. So we got some sweets and went back upstairs, and we didn't do a stroke. We just sat there having all these sweets and, and having a laugh and, and a joke and a Jimmy was Jimmy was a great lad, <laughs> and of course you'd just be settling down down there, and then um, Chelsea come in for you. How did all that come about? Yeah, I, I, I obviously left Leeds. I came back to Scotland, and I got in touch with a, a couple of my newspaper guys that I'd met um, who'd been to my house and and did uh, a couple of articles with me. And I asked them if they'd put it in the paper that I had left Leeds United and could they um, mention that I was looking for a club. Mm. Well, I was really fortunate again because uh, the following day um, I, I got a phone call from Tommy Doherty at Chelsea who tried to get me uh, to uh, Chelsea before I went to Leeds, but I'd already said I, I was going to Leeds and I'd gave my word on it. And Tommy Doherty was in touch straight away. And uh, that was the, the next place where, where I went. But there was quite a few other clubs yeah. uh, come in and uh, they were just too late, which was, you know, that that's the way it goes in football. You've, you, you know, things happen very quickly. Yeah, but what do you, I mean, your parents moved down to Leeds, didn't they? So did they have to move yeah. again with you? Yeah, they moved to, to London. My parents were always with me. I always made that part of my deals. Yeah. Uh, Derry got them until I was, um, up until I went to Wolves and, and, and then uh, I saved a bit of money and then I started to, to buy my own houses. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So, uh, and then m- moving down to London, what did you make of that down there? Fabulous. I uh, couldn't have been there at a better time in, in the 60s. It was alive. It, yeah. it was vibrant. 
and of course Tommy Doherty was at Chelsea we had a very young squad there was only I think two players that were over 25 and that was a guy called John Mortimer who sadly died the other day and uh, another guy called Frank Bunston but all the rest of the squad were, were all young players and Tommy Doherty I totally changed um, the, the the image of the club because Chelsea back then were known as the pensioners, yeah. <laughs> which which wasn't a very you know <laughs> wasn't a very appropriate name. So the the dog changed them to the, the dogs diamonds, and there was all young people, and he, he created a a real young image around the club, and uh, yeah, it was a great times. Yeah, uh, Tommy Doherty, of course, you'd play uh, under him at Chelsea and again at, at Manchester United, of course, uh, later on. How, how did you find him as a as a manager, Jim? I think um, you'll find that out in the book because Tommy yeah. Tommy's uh, is quite a character. He, um, the one thing I will say about Tommy Doherty is I, I never seen him down. No matter what was happening, he was always upbeat. Um, and uh, I'm very yeah. sad that he, he passed. He passed. Uh, I yeah. think it was a month ago. It's, it's awful sad. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, your debut then. Um, am I right in thinking it would have been for Chelsea? Was it against Birmingham City? Is that right in a, a League Cup game? Yeah, I, I made my debut in the League Cup. I think it was about three weeks before. But I actually made um, my league de- debut. Three weeks after, and believe it or not, it was against Birmingham City as well. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, both the games, my debut in the League Cup and my debut in the league, were, were at Birmingham. I didn't score in the first one, but on my league debut, um, I, I scored two. So I was very pleased with that, Derek. And yeah. there was another Scottish boy in the team then as well uh, from Cope Bridge. George Graham. Yeah. <laughs> so George got three. George was about two years older than me. So I was about 18 and George was 20. And um, we won 6 1. Um, we beat Birmingham in Birmingham 6 1. And I always remember, and, and I need I, I needled him a few times about <laughs> little Bertie Old because he played for Birmingham then. Mm hmm. <laughs> and and I said uh, I love my debut, Bertie. And he says, "Oh, shut up about your debut. <laughs> we we lost six one at home." <laughs> Fantastic. You mentioned there, George Graham. Was it was it good having him down there with you and, and uh, palling about with him down at Chelsea? I know you team up again at, at Man United and what have you. Yeah, it was great. There was quite a lot of Scots boys yeah. uh, because Tommy Doherty would always say that. If he went to a club, I think that must have been his his first protocol. He would check how many Scottish people were in the club, <laughs> and and if there wasn't uh, enough, then he would soon get them in. But at Chelsea, there was Eddie McCready, yep. there was George Graham, there was John Boyle, yeah. there there was loads of others: Tommy Knox, Jim Mulholland, Joe Fascione, um Billy Sinclair. And and Jim Smart, the, you know, they, there was loads of us, and uh, they were all, you know, it was good because we could have a bit of chat and that. But the thing was, the the Cockney lads, they they didn't really like it because if we got together and we started 
uh, talking Glaswegian. <laughs> they couldn't understand what we were saying. <laughs> I bet they didn't. That's for sure. Um, yeah. There's other. The dog. The dog was. The dog was great. He was yeah. a character. Yeah, he certainly was. Yeah, I mean, there was other cracking players as well, like uh, Terry Venables, and uh, I know your your good pal Peter Osgood as well. What a player he was. Yeah, that was a that's a, a nice wee story because uh, I had played in the reserves on the the Saturday because I was about seventeen then, and Peter would be the same age. I had never seen Peter. I never met Peter. Yeah. And um, the I word got through the club that a young boy had made his debut in the junior team, um, and uh, he might be playing on the Tuesday night. We had a really important FA Youth Cup game against West Ham uh, at Upton Park, and uh, what what happened was when we got the coach from from Chelsea to to Upton Park. The, the youth team manager came and sat beside me and I was talking to him. He says, I, I want you to do me a, a big favour tonight. And I said, yeah, what's that? He says, there's a young boy going to play in the same team as you tonight. He made his debut in the, the junior team on Saturday. So he says, I, I would like you to look after him, Jim, because you're, you're a professional now and you, you know what's going on. I said, oh, that, that's great. No problem. Well, I got in the dressing room and we're all doing whatever. And there was this tall, lanky kid hanging about. And we, we didn't know who he was. And then Dick come in, the, the youth team coach, and he introduced him. He said, this is Peter Osgood. So Ozzy <laughs> <laughs> got stood beside me because he played number nine and I played 10. So I got yeah. talking to him. I said, you okay, Peter? He said, yeah. He says, uh, I'm just very, very nervous. I said, look, don't worry about it. I said, just go out there and enjoy it. I'm sure the the coach will will tell you that. Just do your best and we'll see what happens. Anyway, we we played the match and and it turned out absolutely wonderful because we beat West Ham 5-2. Ozzy got two, I got two, and uh, we we struck up a friendship there and then that that lasted and, until sadly Peter passed away. Yeah, yeah, uh, brilliant. But, but, oh, he was a terrific player. And yeah. He was a lovely guy, and uh, it was great to, to to play with him at Southampton, especially when we, you know, we things went well at Southampton for us. Yeah, yeah, it was some partnership you boys had. And Stamford Bridge back in the day, Jim, and it's 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 very changed now. It doesn't look anything like what it used to. What was it? What was it like to play there? <laughs> you just had to look out for the greyhounds because <laughs> there was a, a greyhound track yeah. down Stamford Bridge and uh, they, they used to have the, the greyhound racing I think it was a, a Tuesday afternoon <laughs> and a Thursday afternoon but the, the boss Tommy Doherty he says if I catch any of you near that race track in the afternoon you, you'll have to um, you'll have to listen to me because you'll be in big trouble. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was Chelsea back then. Uh, it, it, at times, it, it felt dead like the crowd was a wee bit too far away, you know, yeah. because of the track. Yeah. But once they, they got rid of the track, Chelsea obviously became a far better stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd move away. You joined uh, Sheffield Wednesday in uh, in '65. It was a 
Um, a record free at that point for, for a teenager. How did how did that move come about? Were, were, were you happy to leave Chelsea at that point, Jim, or were you maybe sad to, to leave it uh, at that stage? No, that was just part of my growing up. Uh, I wanted to, to go to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I'll not go into a lot of detail about this, Derek, because no. obviously I'll, I will bring this out in the book. Yeah. But it was a fantastic move for me to go to Sheffield Wednesday. And, of course, with it being a... a, a Record British fee for a teenager, um, which was thirty seven and a half thousand. Yeah, um, it brought me into the, the public eye and, and obviously helped my career. But a lot of people were, were saying to me, um, "Don't you feel nervous about this? And are you, you know, are you not worried about anything?" And I said, "Well, I said." Why, why should I be worried? Chelsea didn't want me to go. They got a record free for me. And the manager at Sheffield Wednesday is one of the most respected guys in, 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 in English football. And if he's willing to pay that kind of money for me, yeah. my reasoning was, you know, that he must have thought a lot about me. And I says, to be honest, I think that gives me more confidence that I can go out. And uh, at the moment I have... They, they they are supposed to have paid for a lot for potential, but obviously they think I'm I'm going to grow into a, a decent player. So I didn't feel nervous about it at all. I just went out and played my game. Yeah. And, and in fairness to my manager Alan Brown, he never once ever gave me advice, told me anything. He just gave me my head and let me play. Yeah, you must have been quite a confident uh, young boy then at that age to be playing. Uh, at that level at such a young age Jim you must have just sort of taken it on your stride yeah I, I seem to be okay Derek but yeah. throughout my career I'd, I'd been in as you do when you're a young player you, you're in the school trials you, you then hopefully go into the area um, yeah. the area team and for myself it was Glasgow and of course there was a lot of competition there and, and then when I get into the, the, the Scotland schoolboys you know, I'd got kind of used to this thing and then I played for the under-18s. I played for the youth team uh, before I moved to Sheffield Wednesday. So, and, and I played uh, for Scott, I played in, in the, the Youth World Cup in Holland, in Amsterdam, and we lost in the semi-finals to Spain. So, that that was great experience for me. I'd, I'd packed in quite a lot of stuff and... Um, when you go to trials, Derek, they're, they're, they're awful hard on young people because people are making a judgment on you straight away. And, uh, you know, you have to yeah. live with that and you have to take the pressure from an early age. So I was quite used to all of that. Yeah. Um, of course, when you're at, see when you're at Sheffield Wednesday, what was it, the Steel City Derby liked it to play in? Yeah, that was very... Um, very good. Uh, obviously, the, the the top team in Sheffield when I was there was Wednesday. Yeah. But the Blades had, had a good side as well, Sheffield United. And they were similar to, to Sheffield Wednesday then. They, they, they had a lot of good young players coming through. And, and there was people at Sheffield United like Len Badger, um, Bernard Shaw who played with me at Wolves, Mick Jones who went to Leeds. Um, Alan Birchino who went to Chelsea yeah. and, and obviously Sheffield Wednesday we, we had a lot of good young players that were 
again, just about ready to go into the under-23s. People like um, Peter Eustace, Bill yeah. Smith, David Ford. Um, you know, we there was a lot of young talent in Sheffield at that time. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a great place to be. Um, I played in two derby matches because Sheffield United went down when I was at Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They went into the second division. Uh, and, and they were both draws, the two games that I played in. And I, I managed to score in the, the first derby, which was, was good because uh, we, we were losing 2-0, but we came back to two each. Yeah, and I mean, Hillsborough's a, a cracking ground. I've been lucky enough to, to go there for uh, on a few occasions. Uh, what was it like there to play, Jim? Yeah, the supporters were absolutely amazing to me. I, 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 they, they seemed to take to me straight away, and I think they knew the big three, and, and I was only just turned 19. Uh, they were wonderful with me. They, they still are. I still get a lot of feedback from Sheffield Wednesday fans, and and most of my clubs, so I'm very happy about that, Derek. You know, because yeah. and that that's made me want to do the book really, because like I said, at Chelsea, at Wednesday, Wolves, um, Man U, Southampton, you know, all the fans have been great with me. So I I just wanted to tell them what it's like playing for them clubs, because obviously, like I said. All them teams, they have great supporters, Derek. Yeah, your memories, of course, it's well known that that FA Cup run, uh, your first season, Jim, but uh, in in the final, of course, uh, the whole Wembley experience and and, uh, and losing after leading against Everton. What's your your, your, uh, abiding memories of that? My abiding memories is uh, obviously the 19 biggest disappointment. Disappointment of my football career to yeah. to be winning two 0 in the cup final um, uh, and being controlled for an hour and then suddenly the the game changed and we ended up losing three two. It, it was hard to take, but at the same time I'd been to Wembley. It was an experience. Um, I, I wasn't overawed by the occasion, which is what I. I always kind of gauge things on for myself. Yeah. Um, I, and, you know, I, I was very happy to play in the cup final. I just wish we could have brought the cup back to the, the, the people of Sheffield. But at the end of the day, Everton then were the Bank of England club and they had money to spend like like water, really, because yeah. the, Mr. John Moores, he, who did the pools back then, he he was he owned the pools, and and that's where Everton had all the money coming from because he was chairman. Um, but uh, Sheffield Wednesday, you, you know, we, we like I said, we were a young side, and at nineteen, you always think hopefully I'll get another chance of getting in the cup final again and um, take it from there. Yeah, and we'll certainly touch on that uh, later on. But see, when you're at Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday, of course, the World Cup would have, would have been taking place. Um, do you get a bit of stick, Jim, when uh, England went on and, and won the won the trophy? <laughs> a bit of stick, Christ <laughs> almighty! <laughs> you know, there was guess how many Scots players there was at Sheffield Wednesday? Uh, four or five, maybe. Yeah, I wish there was one. Oh, was me. it just you? Just me, so I had to 
I had to keep quiet and and listen to it all. So you know that's the way it is. So oh, it was dear. awful difficult, but you never know what what life has in store. Yeah, uh, was, uh, I can't imagine what what that must have been like. And um, oh. uh, <laughs> it's just one of those. It was, suck it up was very then. hard, Derek. But at the same time, I was looking at it in a positive way because I thought. Um, it's great for football, them winning the uh, for England to win the the World Cup, yeah. and I mean, really, they they are favourites because it's, they played every game at Wembley, so you know it couldn't have gone better for them, yeah. and uh, it was certainly a, a big boost for the game. And I thought, well, I'm playing my football down in England, so it can only be for the the betterment and. Uh, of my career and also a, a better experience. Yeah, of course. When you're at Sheffield Wednesday, you'd um, make your, your your debut for for Scotland for the national team as well. Your debut, um, what a debut as well. Um, what's, your, what's your memories of that game, Jim? Against uh, yeah, the the memories of of my debut for for Scotland at Wembley is, is crystal clear. Yeah. But the, the the thing when I went to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, getting in the cup final was part of getting towards being an international and the other thing was I, I played in two under 23 games uh, Derek Yeah, uh, we played Wales in Wrexham uh, Eddie Gray was in our team that night um, and we beat Wales in uh, Wrexham 6-0 and they had, a, they had a lot of good young players yeah. And I managed to score two that night. So this was all stepping stones uh, along the way. And and then we we played England uh, under 23s uh, at St. James Park in Newcastle. And we managed to beat England 3-1. And England, presumably then, they had the, the next World Cup team getting ready. And a lot of them, they, they thought... Were candidates to play in the next uh, next World Cup, so to beat them was was quite a big thing, and and also I was fortunate enough to to score the first one, and uh, that was getting me closer, and and then um, for about five weeks I had a selector coming to all my games, home and away, watching me. I think he must have known everything about me. Uh, you know, <laughs> because they were really watching me closely. But then, of course, you you, you don't know. But the the, the week before we, we the the international, the team would be announced on the on on the Monday. So on the Saturday, we played Chelsea uh, at Stamford Bridge, and it was in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, and. Uh, we we did really well. Fortunately for me, I had a, a really good game that day, but we lost the match 1-0. So I got a phone call on the Saturday before the, the Wembley International. The, the phone went in the morning, and believe it or not, it was my ex-manager, Tommy Doherty, on the phone. Mm. And um, I, I said hello to him. I was half asleep. <laughs> and and we were all having with breakfast, and he says, "Congratulations, Jim, you're in the Scotland team." <laughs> and and I thought this is really weird. And I thought, don't believe this. Somebody's either taking them off or, or Tommy Doherty's having a laugh. <laughs> so I thought, I'm I'm not going to believe this. I'm just going to be quiet and 
and don't take the bear. Anyway, before they finished, he says, all you need to do, son, is just go out and play your own game and you'll be fine. And, and he says, good luck. And, and that was him off the phone. Well, my mum and my dad knew what was going on because the phone was in the kitchen. So <laughs> anyway, um, I went into the ground to Sheffield Wednesday the next day, went in, started to get my, my training uh my training gear on because we were playing Manchester United on the Wednesday night yeah. uh, at Hillsborough. So uh, by the time I'd got, got ready to, for, to go for training, one of the coaches come over towards me and says, Jim, can you go in and, and see the, the boss? The boss wants to have a word. Well, all the lads were all saying, What's, what have you done, Jim? What's going on? <laughs> what have you done? Anyway, I went into the dressing room. I saw it into the boss's office and uh, he says, sit down, son. He says, I'd like to be first to congratulate you. Um, you've been picked for Scotland and you play against England on Saturday and shook hands with me. And I thought, I wonder what he would think if he knew that Tommy Rockerty had rang me and, and actually told me that I was in before him. So I just had to kid on as though I had no idea. But now this was the confirmation and what he did then was he, he says, I'd like to take you in and, and tell the players. And he, he took me in and I went in the dressing room and he got everybody to be quiet. And he said, just like to make an announcement, boys. Jim's been picked for Scotland. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll all like to congratulate him. Well done, Jim. Yeah. And uh, it was it was lovely. Yeah, uh, and I mean, so what... that was that was it then. But the 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 funny thing was on on the Wednesday I got a phone call before the Man United game, and it was somebody from one of the the papers, either the Record or Express, and they said, "Would you uh, would you be available before the match to have a, a picture with Dennis Law be, um, before you go out on the field?" And I thought, what? Dennis Law, you must be joking. Of course I'll be available. <laughs> so so I, can you ask me like that? Anyway, I, after I spoke to him, I, I said that was okay because he'd obviously gone through, he's got a permission off of my manager. Yeah. So he left me and I'm thinking, Christ, I'm going to meet Dennis. I was more nervous about meeting Dennis than I, than I was about the game that night and the game on the Saturday. So when I met Dennis and, and we had this photo and I shook hands with him and uh, it was amazing because obviously he was one of my football heroes and I'd seen him, uh, you know, as many times as I possibly could and I loved his style and, and, and as it turned out, he's probably, probably one of the best players Scotland's ever had and so when when that game was finished, we, we drew two each, and it was great shaking hands with him. He says, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, because we had to then, the next day, travel to Dante, England, and uh, meet up with the rest of the Scottish team. And I thought, yeah, I said, that's great. I couldn't sleep that night, because I was thinking, going to meet Dennis Law, hmm. uh, Jim Baxter. I'd, I'd met with Billy, Billy Bremner, yeah. but meet the... the, the the Celtic boys, the Rangers boys, and and you know 
John Gregg, Big Ronnie McKinnon, Meet Slim Jim, you know, all these names. It was it was amazing. Bobby Lennox at Celtic. Yeah. Great players, these guys. Tommy Gemmel. Uh, you know, it just went on and on. Anyway, when I got down to to, to England and I met the guys, the, the atmosphere was, was brilliant. It, there was so much banter and we were laughing and joking. And on the Friday before the game, we went training and we were on the boggiest pitch you'll ever <laughs> seen. I, I think they did it deliberately, but they, <laughs> I, I think it was arranged for us to go there. And I think the FA, the English FA, arranged us to play on this boggy pitch. But watching the lads and how they controlled the ball and, and the confidence that they had, it, it really was fabulous for me, Derek, because, that, you know, people say, well, wouldn't you be nervous playing against the world champions? But I looked around at these guys. The Celtic team was going to next, um, about three months later, they would be European yeah. Cup champions. Yeah. Rangers with the Barca Bears. Uh, there was Dennis Law, Billy Bremner, Jim Baxter, and Eddie McCready, the, the Anglos in the team. You know, why would we be afraid of England? The, the biggest shock, shock we got was the betting. I mean, you could get, I think it was four or five to one wow. for Scotland to beat England. And I thought, Jesus, that doesn't match up. <laughs> anyway, on, on to, I know that I was a big gambler, but I could hear them all saying it. Yeah. Anyway, we, we um, got, got down there and, and then on to the match. So, Fantastic! It was a it was amazing build up to it. Like I said, we had the Chelsea game, we had the Man United game, meeting Dennis before the game, and then then on to that all happened in a week. And you know, my head was absolutely full of wonderful things. Yeah, you mentioned there Billy. Of course, he was in the team. Eddie McCready, your former Chelsea team, that was in in the side as well. You, uh, you're the you're the youngest one in, in in the team, weren't you, Jim? I mean, what was it like running out at Wembley at that point? I know you'd played at the, the FA Cup final, but this must have been something else. Oh yeah, this this was my dream. Yeah, this, this was what I wanted to do from kicking kicking. Um, Loaf, you know the loaf of uh, when you get a loaf of bread. <laughs> we used to kick around the the the, the paper that was yeah. holding the loaf in. I mean, we couldn't afford balls, but any time we could kick a ball about, and and we would always line up. And I'm Dennis Law, and I'm Jim Baxter, and yeah. and all this kind of thing, and you know. But this was it going to come true, and and you know we used to go over the Glasgow Green and we'd we'd play matches over there. But we would always, when the games were finished, we'd we'd, we'd go on the bowling green because nobody seemed to be on the bowling green. Yeah, and, and we'd kick the ball about there, put the jackets down, and pretend we were at Wembley because <laughs> the pitch had always was. <laughs> So smooth, so you know that that was the biggest dream of my life, and 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 it was going to come true now at twenty years of age. Yeah, you mentioned the, the, the sort of betting odds. Uh, it seems uh, crazy now, having watched the game, and I mean it was uh, it's totally dominated. You should have won by more, in, in all likelihood as well. Did you? Did the boys? Did you all feel confident that you could go out and do, do the business that day? Oh, I I don't think there was. 
that there was anybody in the dressing room that, that, that was worried about England, even though they were the world champions and they hadn't been beaten for, I think it was 18 games. Yeah. Um, the, the sad thing uh, for that, Derek, really, was the excuse me, that was the first time the game hadn't been televised. Mm. Yeah. So BBC and ITV couldn't televise it because seemingly there, were, there was a game somewhere and and that was against the regulations. They couldn't put the game uh, live on the telly. So we, we lost a lot because of that because, yeah. you know, a lot of people in Scotland would be listening to the radios whereas, you know, they, they could have watched the game on the television. So it was, that, that was a bit of a bummer, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so... But everything, you know, that taking everything into consideration, that was the only down thing, really. Yeah, and I mean, I've watched the game, I think, a number of times, like 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 many Scots. It, it's uh, it has everything. The game hasn't it? I mean, it's iconic for um, Baxter's little keepy ups as well. What what were you boys thinking? Because I, I know that Dennis Law wanted to score a few more goals, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think that was the case for 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 all of us, you know. And then, of course, Dennis played in the nine-three game, and yeah. and that wouldn't have been easy for for Dennis because no. Dennis is um, such a patriot Scotsman, and uh, you know when you live down in England, you, you know it's kind of it's kind of tough. Yeah. But I suppose it was easier for me because uh, my parents moved down, so I wasn't coming back to Scotland as much. Yeah. Whereas Dennis's family were, were were all up in Aberdeen, and and Dennis loved to go back to to Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah, it was something else. And I mean, the goal, like you said, it's, it's a dream to play represent Scotland, uh, uh, let alone where you play, but at Wembley and to score at Wembley as well. And what would turn out to be uh, the decisive goal as well, Jim, I guess it's it's it's, boy, it's boyhood dream stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that was... Um, I mean, I, I had a free role in the team. I had uh, Billy Bremner on my right and I had Jim Baxter um, on my left. Um, so... That was going to be, I think, the most important part of the field. Um, so, and but we also had Willie Wallace, who, who kept popping back into midfield, and um, we, we had quite a fluid system, and that meant that we could leave Dennis and Bobby Lennox up front, and they, they're both quick, and, and they're both great footballers. So there was a big threat there, so it would keep England's defenders back. The the, the four defenders, the, the right back and the left back, wasn't too keen on going forward because they were watching out for Dennis and Bobby Lennox. But from the start, you, you, when you watch the game, Tommy Gemmell's gone in a tackle, and I, I think that set the tone. I think he might have gone in two tackles and won the ball twice. And... England all the time. We never went backwards. We never passed the ball backwards. We were always passing the ball forward and and going forward. And uh, the the problem for England was was getting the ball off of us. Yeah. Because most all of the players could all do a bit on the ball. So that meant that we weren't giving the ball away. So it's much tougher when you're you're running around against a team that's keeping the ball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and I guess there must have been a, a, a fair few drinks at the after, after that game. 
Well, of course, when when it came to the the, the end of the game, you, you know, that was the hardest bit trying to go off the pitch because <laughs> for for some unknown reason, I, I went to Ronnie McKinnon and, and not Ronnie McKinnon, Ronnie Simpson. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. It was Ronnie's debut. Ronnie was 36 yeah. and it was my debut. I was 20. And I, when the game finished, I run to Ronnie Simpson and everybody caught us together. Yeah. And by the time I, I had turned round and me and Bobby, every uh, me and Ronnie, everybody was on the pitch. It seemed it seemed like every Scotsman at the game must have been on the pitch. <laughs> and, and it was quite amazing. They were pulling out our shirts, trying to get our shirts off, pulling the try to get me boots, anything, <laughs> any kind of souvenir. But of course, we weren't bothered. We were, we were quite happy, but it took us ages to get to the tunnel. And by the time we'd, we, we'd got to the tunnel, we'd, we just sat down, me and Ronnie, we were jiggered. <laughs> and um, it was it was a lovely feeling in the, the dressing room with, with all the boys and, uh, you know, the, 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 the manager had such a... He always was a happy, smiley man. Was was Bobby Brown, but his face was totally beaming, and it was fantastic. The atmosphere was incredible. Yeah, there's a clip of that game I've seen. I'm I'm not too sure who who it was. Um, I think I don't know if it's you that scored in England are about to take kick off, and then you you go back into your own half and you, you just take the ball off them off the centre circle and, and run about with it. It was it, it was great to see. I mean the, the confidence oozing through that side. I mean what what a side that is. You, you round off all the sort of players. What a debut. I mean you can't really rate that sort of stuff, can you? No, but the the, the other thing that was tremendous was. When I had never met Jim Baxter either, yeah. and uh, when I got to the hotel and and uh, I, I booked in the hotel, I, I put my stuff um, up in the room. I can't, to be honest, I, I can't remember who I shared the room with, yeah. but I put it in my room anyway, and I come down because what had happened was the Scottish boys had, and and they went down on the Wednesday, whereas the Anglos, myself, Dennis. Billy, Eddie, and Jim Baxter. We didn't arrive till the Thursday, so the the the, the, the Scottish boys, uh, the, the from you know the Scottish clubs, yeah. they they were all settled in and everything like that. Anyway, by the time I put my my case in and went downstairs, and the first person that I seen when I went downstairs was Jim Baxter, and he just come walking up to me and he says, "Hi, son, how you doing?" I says, "I'm, I'm great." And he, and he says, don't you worry, I'll look after you. And he put his arm around me. <laughs> what a player he was. Cause he was at Sunderland at that point, wasn't he? So he sort of left Rangers by, by then. But, um, I mean, what a player he was. Hello. Hi, Jim. Sorry, I just lo- just you just cut out there. Sorry, I don't I don't know what I was. Uh, just I thought maybe I was talking too much, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk forever about it, Derek, and I don't drink either. So. <laughs> no, I don't know what happened there. Gremlins in the system, uh, but yeah, I was I was just saying, them, um, Jim. You, you were talking about Jim Baxter, of course, and. You say you put, put a, an arm around you and said you'll look after you in that game. I mean, it was at Sunderland at that point, wasn't he? But he just yes, he, he, he was. Rangers. Yeah. But what a player he was. 
Oh, right. he, he was a, he was an amazing player. But it's like I said, Derek. Why should we worry about England the, yeah. when you look at the players we had? Yeah, you know, the, you can go through the body. It just feels so good. And the th- the thing was for myself, Derek. The competition. All the team had competition. We there was loads of great Scottish players around, and and, and like I'm I'm not funny, and I'm I'm not being cheeky when I when I say uh, I, I feel lucky and I feel fortunate that that I was picked. Yeah, you know, I I don't kid my, myself on about that, but what I do know is that I was dedicated to football. And 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 I was making the right progression, and the, you know the 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 guys they they could have played um, instead of they did play. You know we could have fielded maybe three or four teams. Yeah. I so think... you know the, the 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 thing was then when whenever the English clubs were looking uh, for players, Derek, they would turn left and and come up to Scotland. Yeah. They wouldn't go abroad. They, yeah. they, they, there was that. There was what three, maybe four Scottish players in every good team down in England, all in the first division. So the standard it was very, very high. The, the, the other thing that we must remember, um, Derek, but back then, young players, there was lots of opportunities. Uh, school teachers used to put in extra time with, with school teams. There was boys clubs. There, there was people that used to give of the time, Derek, to, to help all the footballers back then. I don't know if it's so much nowadays, but you know that that was where all the talent came from. You know, and it was it was marvelous. Absolutely. I mean, my school team we used to train at one o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon and a Thursday afternoon. The the teacher would take his training on the pitch. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's good. That's See that, that you know that was the difference, Derek. You know the the, the our teacher, and I must mention him. He's called Dennis Cuddy, and and he was amazing. And um, the the thing was, in schools, Dennis Cuddy, my school teacher, uh, who took us for the football, he was only supposed to be with our team for one year, and and the the teachers change over, but he stayed with us for. For three years, and we we won a lot at Hollywood, and it was a lot down to to his dedication as well. And you know, he was always on the lookout to see if if players were were coming along. Because when you were young, Derek, you, you, everybody has a different development. Some develop quicker, and they're stronger at thirteen, at fourteen, and so on. Whereas Dennis Cuddy was always looking out for that kind of development. So although we had a good team, he was still looking at, at players in the school to try and bring into the team. Yeah. So a, a lot of the people back then, you know, there, there wasn't as much going on, granted. But they, you know, they, they all seem to have time to, to to look after boys. And, and, and you know, boys were, you know, if you... If you had a problem at school, then which team were you going to play for? So with the boys' clubs and the boys' girls, that's where the boys would go then. 
yeah. you know, and, and the, it was absolutely amazing. The community was great, and the, the mums and the dads, they, they, they were always encouraging the boys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see, isn't it? And I was going to touch on as well, I mean, Bobby Brown, we sadly lost him last year, um, Jim. Um, yes. He obviously gave you your debut at Scotland. Um, how did you find him as a, as, as a manager? Yeah, Bobby Brown was, uh, I think the most important thing about Bobby Brown was he, he picked the team on that day. Yeah. Um, he could see what he wanted. And um, I, I think... The, the, the main thing about that team was that we we could move around. Mostly, all of them, all of the boys could play. So the the other thing was was when we lost the ball, there, there were players willing to get back and then fill in the spaces. We not only had a great football team, we had a great work ethic. Yeah. So that's down to the manager. Bobby didn't um, talk a lot. He, his words to me was. Jim, you deserve to be in here. We've been watching you for, for quite a while and I've been with you for the two under 23 games. So he, he said, just go out and enjoy yourself and, and do what you do at club level. So, you know, and I'm sure he told that to the lads a lot. There wasn't a lot of talk about tactics and stuff like that. I mean, I mean that, that didn't happen back then. Um, sometimes I think, well, you, you look at some of the players and they seem to be they looking <clears throat> nowadays. They're looking over to see what the coach, uh, yeah. what the coach thinks, and how can you concentrate in the game when you're worrying about a coach? Yeah, yeah. You a, know, they, they, you know, why pick you if you're going to look at a coach? Yeah. You know, just just forget the coach. Get on with your game. Get get your mind on it and stay in there. If the coach wants to say something, he'll tell you at half time. Or he might be able to tell you something through the trainer. You know, if somebody gets injured and he comes on and he, he, he might tell you that the gaffer says you're just a wee bit too far back or something like that. Yeah. But generally speaking, that didn't happen. They waited till half time, Derry, which is a better thing. It, it doesn't cloud your, your, your mind. You can totally concentrate on the game and get on with your, your own performance. Yeah, um, we spoke about the, the Wembley game, um, Jim, but playing at Hamden, what was that like for you? Oh, that was so good. That uh, yeah. was so good. But it was it was a shame, really, because I'd, I twisted my ankle on the Saturday, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. And to be honest, I, I shouldn't have played on the, the Wednesday because yeah. I, I was only about 80% fit. I, uh, I wasn't 100% fit. But it was such a, a, a another big dream of mine to play at Hamden and in front of my own crowd, and especially with me being down in England, you know. Yeah. So uh, we we played against Russia. Sadly, we we lost two 0 but we'd made I think it was five changes, six changes from the team at Wembley. Um, so, but that was all part of my. My experience again, and and, and growing up in, in football. Yeah, the, the, you've pl- you played against Portugal as well. It was um, Eusebio was playing for Portugal that night, wasn't he? Yeah, Eusebio was playing. That was in the Stadium of Light. Yeah, yeah, that was a great thrill. So probably the, the um, two of the greatest players when when I had played football and watching football in my time was was Pele and Eusebio. Yeah, 
Uh, so I managed to play against uh, Eusebio in, in an international. Um, but then again, sadly, we lost 2-0. But I played against Pelly in America. Wow. Um, when I was at Chicago Sting, uh, we played against the Cosmos twice. Yeah. And, and we beat them twice. So what was <laughs> so that, that like, was Jim? quite was it, good. Was it- what was that like? Was it a bit of a circus and all that with him over there and playing playing against him? It must have been quite surreal. Um, yeah, it was a little bit because what they did there um, was, was they, they, they wouldn't announce the team over the tannoy. They they would call you out one at a time. Yeah, yeah I've seen that, yeah. So but he was called out last, but by the time we'd... We'd, we'd got to that. We, at Soldier Field, where, where we played them in Chicago, it was three o'clock kickoff in the afternoon, and there was a, such a wind that was freezing. <laughs> and and then we waited for, for Pelly to come out, and then when he came out, we thought, all oh, right, great, we can get started again. He only goes and does a, a lap of honour before <laughs> the game. And there's all these... Sambas and all the, the the drums beating and everything because there'd be a lot of Brazilians in the crowd and then there he was going round the pitch and they're all shouting, "Hey, Billy, come on, we're freezing. Let's get on with the game." <laughs> so that that was a great experience and to shake his hand after the match. Yeah, that that was fabulous. And then I played against him uh, in New York at the Cosmos. Yeah. And uh, we, we beat them again. So that was terrific to, to win in, uh, to play two games against Perry and being two winning sides. Yeah. Um, back to your, your domestic football, of course. You'd leave Wednesday and join uh, Wolves, where you're, you're fondly remembered, of course, uh, like many of your, your clubs, Jim. Um, uh, how much did you enjoy your time at, at Molyneux? Yeah, I loved Molyneux. Really, really proud to put pull on the golden black. Yeah. Because the the Wolves were such a they, they set all the European culture going ten years previous to me moving there or, or maybe a wee bit more. Um and then they were the forebearers of English teams playing in, in Europe and at one yeah. time really they were they were the champions of Europe. But there wasn't a, a tournament. It was just on sort of games that they played, Derek. Yeah, yeah. But to play for Wolves, well, such a tradition at, at Wolves it was fabulous. Um, I, we had a good team, and that was part of why I wanted to go to Wolves. So we, you know, we we, we lost in the UEFA Cup final, which was sad um, because we, when the tournament started, there were sixty-four teams. And then if I was to tell you the teams that were, were in it, you wouldn't believe them. There was so many great teams. Well, you beat Juventus, um, didn't you? Yeah, we beat yeah. Juventus in the, the, the quarterfinals. We yeah. played them out in, in Turin. And um, we, 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 drew, we drew one each out in Turin. I got the goal out there. It was one of my... One of my better goals, uh, the ball was knocked into the box and Derek Duggan, who was very good in there, was, was challenging for it and the, the ball got headed out and from a midfield player, I was I was looking to pick up the pieces and the yeah. ball come out and I was about 20, 25 yards out and I hit it with my left foot in the volley in the bottom corner. Uh, I didn't even look honestly after I'd hit it, Derek. 
because yeah. you know where Just the know. ball's going. Yeah. And I went running over to the supporters. I knew it was in the bottom corner. And, and I, I just waved to our supporters. So that, that was a fabulous feeling, uh, especially Juventus with their, their great tradition uh, and still the, the tradition they have in, in world football. And then, of course, we, we beat Ferenc Farris in the semi-finals. Yeah. Uh, and they were well-known, obviously, because they're the great Hungarian team. Yeah. And another one of my idols, Puskas from... Um, from back in the, uh, played for Real Madrid, but another one of my idols, De Stefano. Oh, wow. So, you know, there were some great players, and I love to look at these guys. But uh, Puskas, obviously, he, his time had gone then, uh, but, but the, the new guy, uh, new kid on the block, was a guy called Florian Albert. Yeah. Who was uh, a big star back then and played in the World Cup for Hungary and was supposedly going to be one of the main uh, players in, in the World Cup. So we beat his team uh, two games. So, uh, yeah, it was great. And then to play Tottenham in the final, it was quite surreal, really. And, and our manager, Bill McGarry, actually said to the UEFA committee, why didn't we play just one game at Wembley to decide the final. Yeah. But they wouldn't do it. So it was a two-leg final. So we played uh, Spurs at Molyneux. We lost 2-1. And, and I fortunately got the goal for us. Um, but then we went to, to Tottenham and we drew one each. And really, we should have beat them at Tottenham. Yeah. We, we fell below standards a wee bit, I think, in the first leg at Molyneux. Because uh, we lost two one, but we we, we did. Uh, I think we did the Wolverhampton and Wolves proud because yeah. we we were very very close. And like I said, there was a lot of great teams in the competition. There was Real Madrid was in there. There was wow. AC Milan. Um, there there was because it was what it was was um, you would have the the first team in every league would play in the European Cup then there would be the team that win the cup would play in the European Cup Winners' Cup. Yep. So the next three teams in the English division would actually take part in the UEFA Cup. And it was the same in, in most of the countries in Europe. So there were some great teams in the competition. And then to lose to another English team uh, in the final, it was quite surreal, Derek. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine it would be, um, uh, Jim. You mentioned Bill McGarry, of course, he was he, he brought you to the club. What, what's your memories of him? Great football, man. Yeah. Anything else you'll have to read about him, yeah. Mark? Fantastic, yeah, that's that, that's 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 fair enough. Um, your time at Wolves as well. I mean, um, you scored a, you scored another cracker. I was reading that it was, a, was it against Tottenham at, at Molyneux. It was like a Van Basten esque uh, goal that you scored there. Uh, yeah, I liked that beauty. one. It was um, the, we were playing Tottenham in the League Cup, and it was it was early on in my career at Wolves, and the Dave Wagstaff, our left winger, had crossed it. From the left, yeah. and I was running away from from the goal to to the right hand side, following the flight of the ball, and then I I hooked it on the volley back where it came from in the top corner. Yeah. So it was a really good um, 
It was a really good goal. I was very pleased with that goal. And I've got a lovely photograph of me and Peter Knowles, who sadly um, retired from from football and left the Wolves. Um, so we've got a lovely, I've got a lovely photo together with Peter, and, and we've both got a big grin on our face. So yeah, lovely memory. Yeah, and it still holds you in very high regard. It was good. You were you were captain as well. Did, did you enjoy that um, added responsibility, Jim? Yeah, sadly for for Mike Bailey, Mike was the captain of Wolves, but uh, Mike got injured. He had a groin strain, and and he he, he never played. He missed the uh, he missed the quarterfinals of the UEFA Cup, the semis, and he also missed the final. Um, um, like I said, it's sad and injuries play a part in, in football and, you know, the, that, that's the way it goes. But to captain Wolves in the final of a European um, a European Cup, um, it's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a captain that did a lot of talking. I, was a, I thought if I play my game and, and get on with my game, if there's a little bit more and I can help anybody else, then I thought that was the best way to captain. I don't think you have to go shouting and bawling at yeah. people. Um, so, yeah, I, I love being captain, yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, I mean, you suffered a, 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 uh, some injuries in that final season, didn't you, at Wolves, and then you'd, you'd leave to join um, Man United. Was that How did that move come about, Jim? I was... Um, what happened was it was just before the just before the deadline, yeah. and I was supposed to go to Aston Villa. I had talked to uh, to Vic Crow, who was the Aston Villa manager, and also been over to see the chairman Doug Ellis. Yeah. Um, so I was all set to thinking about going to Aston Villa, but the only thing I didn't want to do, uh, Derek, was go into the second division. Yeah. And Tommy Doherty must have heard that I was off the villa and uh, I got a call saying that, that he was interested. And I went in to see Bill McGarry just before um, anything else went further down the line. And, and I asked him if anybody had been in, uh, inquiring about myself. And he said, yeah, Tommy Doherty. And he allowed me to speak to Tommy Doherty. And... Um, I went to Manchester United. But there was a little story there because Frank Monroe, who was another Scottish boy, a great player at Wolves and, and played in the United and also Aberdeen. Um, Frank and me were good pals. And I'd only found out in the morning that I was going to Man United. Um, and, and I went into the dressing room and I was getting changed again to go to Old Trafford. And while I was getting changed, Frank said to me, oh, don't worry, Jim. He says, you're, you're only down the road at Villa. It's not a problem, he says. You'll not be leaving your house now and we'll, we'll still be able to see each other. <laughs> I looked at Frank and I just smiled and I said, Frank, read the papers tonight. And I never said another word. <laughs> and I went out of the dressing room Went in my car, drove to Manchester United, signed for Manchester United, and of course 
It would be in the papers that night that I'd gone to Man United. <laughs> so I got one over on Big Frank. <laughs> and of course, um, like, like, well, Tommy Dock was there, of course, that you knew him, and a, a great Scottish contingent at the club at that point. George Graham, of course, um, Lou McCary, Willie Morgan, Jim Holton, Alex Forsyth. We've had Alex on last year as well, so a, a great number of Scots at that, that, that club at that point. Yeah, and don't forget Martin Bucking and yeah, Stuart right Houston. Enough, yeah. yeah, right enough. So, you know, your memory, you're, you're very good there, Derek, remembering all that. Um, so, yeah, big Scottish contingent there, but sadly they were in a, a, a lot of trouble, relegation trouble. Yeah. So, but um, my first game I was very quiet, um, but I, I got a knock on my shoulder after about 10 minutes and, and I, I was struggling. And we had a game on, the, I think it was the Wednesday, and, and I played in the game on the Wednesday, and I, I still wasn't fully recovered. But then the following Saturday, then we started to make some moves. I think we beat Norwich in Norwich, and, and little Lou McCarry scored one. I put Lou through, and then Lou struck a good one. And then Brian Greenough scored one. Yeah. Uh, so we beat Norwich 2 0. So that was the start of us making a, a bit of a scramble to try and get out of the relegation troubles, Derek. Yeah. When we had Alex on, I asked him about, because um, of course George Best was there, but he was, he was, he was at that, that, that point in his career where it was coming to an end, sort of thing. He said he was more of a, a, a nuisance than, than anything, really. How, how did you find George when you were there? I, I, I knew George quite well and I, I got on. George had finished when when I was there. Yeah. But he had a club called Slack Alice's. <laughs> so I, I, when the games were finished, I used to get in his club and <laughs> I say hello to him and, and, and you know, just have a night out. Yeah. Um, but he was he was marvellous with, with George. He great footballer. Absolutely. Another one of my heroes. And you know, that's why it's always difficult for me when people say, who's your heroes in football, Jim? Yeah. I have that many because yeah. I just totally love football, Derek. And, you know, all the guys that I've, I've told you about, Jesus Christ, it, it's a dream come true, you know? Oh, but George was George was great. And I played in quite a lot of testimonial games with George. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I should be telling you this one or not, but... We we had a, a sportsman's dinner after one of them, and we we were having a drink at the bar before we sat down for dinner. George was on the top table, and and he was doing a, a question and answer. Yeah. And one of the questions to George was, um, George, what about X Miss World Marjorie Wallace giving you three out of ten for your performance in bed? <laughs> <laughs> And George, quick as a flash, grabbed the mic. He says, but he swore. He says, it's three more than I gave her. <laughs> he was good at that, wasn't he? He was good at entertainment, George. He was tremendous, but what a footballer he was. But it was so sad that, you know, things couldn't work out for him. Had his demons, um, didn't he? You know, it was just. I don't know. I wasn't there, and I think it was a bit. Maybe part of the difficulty was most of the players were married, Derek. Yeah, yeah. So George was single, yeah. and I think you know 
when they would come back from maybe away games, George would be going out and all the players would be getting picked up with their wives or they were going home with their wives and their kids. Yeah. So I, I think that maybe was a wee, you know, just uh, he maybe wanted some of that. Yeah. Did you did you live up in Manchester, Jim, at that point? Yeah, I lived in Manchester. I lived in Sale. Ah, yeah, lovely. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, totally enjoyed Manchester. I was totally totally amazed when the the following season. Sadly, we went down. Yeah. Um, but I was I got a few goals. I think I got. Uh, three goals in four games so we pulled back quite a lot of uh, points and it looked like we might escape but then we we went down yeah. but the following season the first game that we played um, Derek against Leighton Odin there were thousands of Man United fans in London Yeah, it was just incredible and that we, I think we beat Odin 2-0 or 3-0 and from then on, we just breezed through the league. You know, it, it, we didn't look like we weren't going to finish as champions. We just looked like it was just a, a walk in the park, really. And um, eventually, uh, as we all know, we did get promotion straight away. Yeah. So, which is uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, that game. That I mean, it's 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 famous, of course, for for Dennis Law's uh, goal when when City won. Uh, Old Trafford, but of course you you went down anyway. So you went down anyway. What's, what's, what was your memories of, of that day? Just a, a sad day all round. Well, as it so worked out, it wasn't Dennis that put us down because it was yeah. Birmingham yeah. winning a match that that actually put us down. Yeah. Um, but my memories of the match was was quite vivid. The atmosphere was woof. It was like nothing you would ever believe. Yeah. And especially playing against your your local rivals, and yeah. um, and, and playing playing against Dennis, you know, this revered figure at Old Trafford, and and all the boys in, in the Man U team and the Man City team, total respect for the guy. Um, but when Dennis actually backheeled it. Dennis never celebrated. No. He just walked off the field. But yeah. when the whistle went, I wasn't far away from the tunnel and I could see they were going to in, invade the pitch. And when they invaded the pitch before the whistle actually went, I was straight down the tunnel. And I got into the, the home dressing room at uh, Old Trafford and who sat in the home dressing room in his blue kit, Dennis is in the corner with his head in his hands. Wow, yeah. So I walked over towards him and I thought, oh my God. Anyway, I said, he okay? He says, well. And then we just had a little embrace. Anyway, I thought, I'll sit there with him and, until um, Tommy Doherty comes in, just in case that there might be some problems. <laughs> but as it happened, when Tommy Doherty come in, most of the players were in the dressing room then. Tommy Doherty just walked over to Dennis and he shook Dennis's hand. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that's great. But, but this was Tommy Doherty as well. Like I said, Tommy Doherty, he was Tommy Doherty. He was always there to be shot at. But what you see is what you get with the, 
within my eggs boss that was him yeah, um, you play with um, uh, Big Jim Holton at, at Man United and then at Southampton as well. Uh, obviously, tragic what, what happened to him years ago as well, losing him. What, what was the, what was he like to play with, uh, Jim? Big Jim was scary. <laughs> Once he went on the field, he was scary. But when he was off the field, he was mischievous. He was always up to he was always up to causing a bit of banter. Or, all the better problems, great personality. Yeah. And of course, when they brought out the song uh, Six Feet Two, Eyes Are Blue, yeah. Big Jim Holmes After You, <laughs> uh, you know, that made him a, a real scary monster. <laughs> but no, a lovely guy. Sad day he broke his leg because um, yeah. that obviously curtailed his career. And then, of course, sad day he passed away. But I did actually attend. Yeah, they, they, there was a guy who launched a book for yeah, Jim Yeah, I've read Holton. it. Yeah, it's cracking, yeah. Yeah, and I attended the, the book launch in, in Manchester and I met up with Willie Morgan and we Lou McCarry and Alex Forsyth yeah. again. So that, that was great. And then, then I went to the, the other one at Hamden and uh, that was terrific as well. And we, we answered some questions. Uh, that was a nice day as well. Yeah. After Big Jim and for his family, it was, it was sad. Yeah. Um, you'd moved to Southampton, of course, uh, February '75. I think. I think it was it around about that time. Um, but what was it? What was the idea behind that? Was it just to Man United? Were of course they're just coming up back into the, the first division. What was it, the thinking behind that move? You need to read the book for that bit, uh, Derek. Yep. <laughs> but. You know, like uh, like you've just said, I, I did move to Southampton. The, the reasons why I moved to Southampton will be in the book. Yeah. Um, but suffice to say, I, I loved my time at Manchester United. That was another one of my, my, my dreams come true. And uh, probably another reason why I thought about doing the book. Yeah. Um, you know, I think now's the time to do the book because everything's sunk in and... You, you know, you can think of, you know, why this happened and all the rest of it. And uh, it's just yeah. a lovely time to talk about your your, your memories and, and and to go all over in your head again. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I was going to talk. I mean, you team up again with your buddy Peter Osgood at Southampton. I was I was looking um, doing research for for the the podcast, Jim, and you scored an absolute beauty. For, was it Bradford that he flicked it up and you just volleyed it into the the back of the net? Valley Parade. Can you remember much about that that goal? Yeah, definitely. Because uh, obviously we 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 were looking good really to get to the, the semis because Bradford were in the third division. Yeah. But they'd knocked out two uh two first division sides, I think including Liverpool. Yeah. So they weren't really a team to be be messed with and of course they were they were on their own ground. So that, that was a toughie, it really was. And um you know, we, we got a free kick outside the, their box and the um and just as we got it, we were on the ball quite a few of us. Uh, it was myself and Ozzy and somebody else. And, and I just said to Ozzy, I said, Ozzy, just flick it up for me. <laughs> and, and, he, and he says, what? I said, just <laughs> flick it up and put it forward. Because obviously I'm thinking of the circumference of the ball. Yeah. 
So that was the rule. The ball had to go a circumference from any free kick. Yeah. A circumference of the ball. So Ozzy flicked it up in the air and I just stood at his side and just took my time and just volleyed it and run away. <laughs> and I run, I run away to the halfway line to over where there was some people there and I did a wee click to my heels because then again, I knew the keeper wasn't going to get it. The keeper never moved. If you watch the film of it, you can see it. He doesn't move. He just looks at it. And I knew that, I, you know, it was going in the back of the net. But it's funny that, you know, a lot of people were trying to say that we'd done it before and we'd practiced this and practiced that. Well, that's great for stories. But the simple truth was I told Ozzy to flick the ball up <laughs> and I volleyed it. And, and it was the, the volley was in the top corner. And, and great for us, that, you know, that gave us the, the goal to win the tie. But, and then it was a bit sad for, for, for Bradford because they, you know, they got so far. But the other thing was as well, um, they had a Scotsman as manager then, a guy called Bobby Kennedy. Ah, yes, yes. So Bobby had done very, very well. So, you know, you kind of think them we things, oh, you know, we've, I've just knocked out a Scottish manager. <laughs> and of course, uh, the final, I mean, y- y- your, your your previous FA Cup final was uh, disappointing for you, but you'd managed to rectify that by beating your, your, your former club in, in the final in 76. A tremendous ball to set up the, the winning goal as well, Jim. Yeah, that was a great, a great memory for me. Obviously, um, it's a bit sad when you, you, you beat another one of your ex-clubs. Yeah. But once I went to a club, that was it. My allegiance is with that club. Yeah. I loved all my clubs uh, um, from Chelsea, Sheffield Wednesday, Wolves, Man U, Southampton. Love it. Every one of them had a great time there. But I wouldn't let down the team that I was with at the time. And, you know, I was totally focused on this game. And like you say, I was in the losing team uh, 10 years previously. The, the day went so quick. So th- this time I was determined to make it last a bit longer. <laughs> and the thing I was kind of saying to the young players uh, in the team, Nicky Holmes, uh, Paul Gilchrist, uh, David Peach and Ian Turner, was to enjoy the day and, and take it in and leave everything on the field because... You know, that's uh, the day will go so quick, and, and if they get beat, it's the worst day of your football <laughs> life. But if we won, if we win, it's going to be the best day of your life. Uh, so that was what I was talking to the boys about, really. Um, Man United, I, I think we, you could get six to one for us, or maybe, maybe even more, because Man United had, had a great season in the first division. And they looked one bit like they were going to win the league. Yeah. But then they, they tailed off a wee bit. Uh, and of course, there was the extra spice uh, playing against um, my ex-manager. And I think if you check my career out, Derry, uh, you know, I did it with Tommy Doherty at Chelsea when I played in the semi-final and I scored against Chelsea in the semi-final. Yeah. So, I think the dog was was a wee bit concerned about me, and <laughs> um, you know, so obviously, and I had a point to prove. I was now Southampton, although, like I said, I, I love my time at Man United. Um, 
you know, I was determined to do my best for, for Southampton. But, you, you know, you just get feelings about things, Derek, and, and I just felt good. I thought we, we've got a great chance here. Um, and I thought the first 20 minutes is going to be difficult because they're going to, they're, they're a very quick team, they're a young team. I, I thought that's going to be the difficult period. And I thought the longer the game goes on without them scoring, the more chance and the more we're going to get in the game. Yeah. Um, but we, I, I put through a, a ball in the first half. I don't know if you've ever seen the cup final, Derek. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the highlights of it. Yeah, and I've 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 put a ball through for Mickey Shannon in the first half. Yeah, and Mickey's clean through. That. Yeah, and he's hit, he hits the goalkeeper's foot. Um, I I thought Mickey, I thought he might have scored with that. I thought that was a, a quite a good chance. So, uh, and then of course we we get into the second half and time's running out. But we were in top then, and we were. I was camped in in, in their their end of the pitch, so we were quite happy. Didn't have to run back really. So, yeah. and then we get this kick. The goalkeeper kicks the ball out, and then Mickey laid it off to myself. And I had a quick look around, and I could see them coming out, Man United, which I knew they would do that. And I told the the, the manager and the boys before that that. They will push up every chance they get. If they make a good clearance, they will move out. So the thing we haven't got to do is, is have players, especially our strikers, lying um, behind their defenders. They have to run out with them, and that was how the goal was. Because little Bobby was in a uh, Bobby Stokes was on the left hand side, and I could hear him shouting. And he wasn't offside by any means. And I lifted the ball in the direction of Bobby, but I had to be careful that it didn't run on to Alex Stepney. Yeah. So I played it so that when it hits the ground, it stands up. So you can see it, it stands up. Yeah. And it comes back a wee bit from Bobby, and Bobby leans back. But because Bobby was a good striker of the ball, he's managed to... To, to fire it into the bottom corner. So technically, Bobby, uh, Bobby's strike is very good. And and the ball through from me, I, I was very pleased with that. So, you know, that's us 1-0 up. And then all we've got to do then is, is just see out time. Yeah, and there wasn't long to go after that, was there? And, um, no, there wasn't. Uh, the, the, Queen so, was there, the Queen handed out the medals, didn't she? What, what was that like? Mm-hmm. She did. That was the last time she did it. Yeah. The, the first, the first time uh, the Sheffield Wednesday, it was Princess Margaret that yeah. um, was introduced to the to the teams, and uh, the one Southampton and Man U, it was the Queen that presented the medals. So that that was a a, a bit different as well. So that was nice. Yeah. Um. How did you How did you like playing at the the Dell, the the the, the old stadium? How How did you enjoy that? Yeah, the Dell was a was a nice stadium. The only thing with the Dell was nobody wanted to take corners. <laughs> yeah, there's not much room. Yeah, it was an it was an awful, <laughs> you know, the, the, it was an awful kind of a corner where you you took them and I inevitably most of the teams I was with I would end up taking the corners. <laughs> so it was like a, you you kind of went up a bit and down a bit. Yeah. So unless you unless you knew what you were doing, the, <laughs> you, 
some some kicks were going all over the place. You, you know, they were going nowhere where they intended. But I was quite good at that, keeping the ball in the Adele, so that was okay. Yeah. Have you still got your, your, your medal, Jim, your, your winner's medal? Yeah, I've still got it, yeah. Yeah, it's a treasured, treasured medal. Obviously, I've got the winners and the losers now. Yeah. And and I actually got a third place one because uh, for some crazy reason, they had a third place um, wow. when uh, I was at Wolves. God. And we beat Arsenal to get third place. It was the year that... Um, Leeds won it. Yeah, I tell you what, we had uh, Bob Wilson on a few months ago. He talked about that game. He he, he said similar. It was just a pointless game. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. He got so back that day, didn't he? Was, yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank Didn't you. I tell you about that? Because I shouted to him, I said, be careful, Bob, you're, you're back, you know, you've got to pick that out of the net. <laughs> Bob's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was fantastic when we had him on. Uh, it was really good. Um, when you left Southampton, we you sad to leave. That's when you went over to the the states, wasn't it, Jim? No, it's all part of life. Um, Laurie, who was at Southampton, was quite an inexperienced manager. Yeah. So uh, I went out to Chicago to have have a look at it. And Willie Morgan is one of my best pals in football. Willie come out to Chicago as well. Because the the coach in Chicago was a guy called Billy Folks. Yeah. And Billy Folks played for Man United. Uh, he was one of the Busby babes, and yeah. sadly for Bill, he was in the he was in the Munich air disaster, but survived. Yeah. Well, great servant to Man United, and he broke, he he went out to Chicago as a coach. Um, so me and, me and Willie went and signed for Bill for, for Chicago's thing and you know wanted to see what life was like in America and what have you not that I wasn't happy in England uh, just one of them things Derek yeah. um, like I said we played against played against Pelly. we we got through the the, the regions they, they have it like a region they had like a region thing, so we got through that, and I think we got into the quarterfinals. But we lost in the quarterfinals. I can't remember who we lost to. Yeah, it's, I mean, over in the United States at that time with the, with the soccer, it was um, like you say, Pele was over there, so it was um, it was a bit of uh, jazz and that sort of stuff around around the game. But it, it, it's it's grown a lot since then, hasn't it? To to, to oh what yeah, over there. yeah. Yes, but, but see, the, the, the thing was, in in America, it's so multicultural that um, once they got soccer into the schools, yeah. which, they, you know, they probably didn't want to get it in the schools because they knew then they would start to uh, to be very popular. They just wanted baseball and, and American football. Have you ever watched an American football game? No, I'll tell you what, I spent... Uh, I was I went to um, Murrayfield once for a, a Scottish Claymores game, and I must have lasted about fifteen minutes before I walked out. It was um, not for me. Oh, it was it's because when when we signed for Chicago Sting, the guy who had the franchise, the soccer franchise, he also had the franchise um, for the American Chicago American football team yeah. and the baseball team. Yeah. 
So he was a real big hitter, but a lovely guy. A guy, guy called Lee Stern, nice man. Yeah. And um, he took us, thinking he was doing us a favour, took us to this American football game. <laughs> and he also took us to a baseball game. I have never been so bored <laughs> in all my life uh, at two sports. I mean, to me, baseball was just uh, a game around us. <laughs> And, and American football, how can you call it football? It's handball. It's terrible. It's terrible. I feel your pain, and, Jim. It was, it's, it's, it's not for me, oh, that. All the changes and the yeah. time it took and, oh, I was bored to tears. Yeah, I know. But we couldn't say that because it was nice of the guy to, <laughs> to, to let me go and see my one and only match. <laughs> <laughs> um, you came back, didn't you? You came back and, and you, you went into a bit of the, the coaching, is that right? Is it, was it Lincoln you went to? Yeah, I was player coach at Lincoln with a Scotsman called Willie Bell. Yeah. Willie played for Leeds and he started at QPR, uh, sorry, not QPR, started at Queen's Park in Scotland yeah. before he went to Leeds. So I went there as a player coach with, with Willie. Uh, and enjoyed my time there. I ended up uh, caretaker manager, and uh, I kept them in the division. And and then um, I decided it wasn't really for me. Yeah. And uh, another guy come in, and and I just couldn't wait to, to get uh, get away. Really, to be honest. It, it just didn't end very well for me, uh, Derek. Yeah, I was I was going to say that, Jim. Um, um, a lot of players that do go down the, the sort of coaching avenue, but that, I guess that wasn't something that that, that you, you fancied. I guess. Well, I, I wanted to find out, and yeah. as I found out, I mean, they really, unfortunately, really got the sack, and and I was left as a caretaker manager, and uh, I spoke to the chairman. The chairman said that. Um, would I be caretaker manager? I said, yeah, that's fine. And, and I stayed as caretaker manager and kept linking up. But then he came to me, the, the chairman, and he says, uh, will you be applying for the job? <laughs> and I just looked down and I thought, what? <laughs> anyway, I says, I said, Mr. Chairman, I says, I've never applied for life and I'm not starting now. Yeah. And that was it. And they brought in another guy, and oh, I just—it was just a case of me leaving when I got a chance there, you know. Yeah. What were you thinking? It was a lovely, it was a lovely club. There were good yeah. supporters, and it, it was a lovely place. But it, you know, I—I I, I just couldn't—I uh, couldn't understand why uh, chairman you would—you know—you keep them in the division. And then he would say something like that to you. Yeah. And I thought, well, just leave it. You know, you more experience, life's life. Yeah. Um, you went to, you, you ran a pub, didn't you, for a, for a wee bit after, after, after? Yeah, I went in the, I was in the pub trade all told for about probably 25 years. Wow. Um, but I, it wasn't so much pubs that I, I, I wanted. I wanted, um, Pubs with restaurants and yeah. and hotels. I was more interested in that kind of thing. More interested in um, hospitality rather than a local pub. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you find that? Twenty five years is a long time. You must have enjoyed. Yeah, doing it that. was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, a big well. 
at the moment it's the third of my life yeah yeah and that, that brings some up some great characters some good times but um, <laughs> I wish I had done something else I'm just a I'm just a wee bit kind of sad that you know because alcohol's a, a, a it's a funny thing it, yeah. people are different in alcohol and yeah. you know I just just wish uh, you know the the problem is you can have a a, a nice lot of people coming into your your pub or your restaurant, and and they're all friends together, and then maybe there's a split, a marriage split, and you know it, it's just not nice to see. Yeah. You never get them people back again because obviously they're thinking, well, will she be in or will he be in? Yeah. So you lose you lose maybe thirty, forty customers and. Uh, you know that that's a lot to lose in, in in the trade. You know. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. I mean, it leads us on. You're up in uh, is it is it Fenwick now up in Ayrshire? We yeah, we live live in Fenwick. We've got a, a bed and breakfast, um, Langside bed and breakfast, Eric. Um, yeah. We love it. Me and my good uh, lady Debbie, yeah. my wife. Um, obviously, we're closed down at the moment, but we're looking forward to. Inviting as many customers as we can to the the B and B when the uh, COVID uh, passes us by. Yeah, um, yeah, but we love we love the trade. We've we've got a passion for it, and it's it's, it's a lovely area we're in. And uh, we've refurbished all the B and B over the last few years. So yeah, it's uh, it's a nice place. Yeah, you t- you touched on the, the COVID thing. I know you, you you had your your vaccination recently, Jim. But in terms of your, the B and B, it must it must have been it must be hard for you with with the current restrictions. Oh, it's horrendous. We've we've not earned any money for eighteen months. That's terrible. Yeah. So we've we've fallen through the cracks as well. Yeah. Um, we we haven't had a grant or any help at all. But Dear me, it's not nothing we can do about it. That's dreadful, isn't it? It's, it's... Yeah, well, it is, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're telling us to close it, but they don't get any compensation. That's not one. That's uh, it's, it's terrible, it really is. Um, uh, well, we certainly hope that, I mean, you just hope that the, uh, some sort of normality will will, will uh, come soon because um, it seems to be going on for, for quite a while, doesn't it? It's just uh, crazy times that we live in. In terms of your, uh, yourself and Debbie and what have you, Jimmy, you uh, keeping safe and well? Yeah, we're, we're, we're both very well. Like you just uh, touched on there, I had my, my jag on Friday um, in Kilmarnock. They, they were very nice and it was all done very professionally. And uh, yeah, I've had my first uh, dose. Um, I think they must have got my birth certificate mixed up because <laughs> I'm only 54, but I don't know what they're doing there, Derek. <laughs> uh, before we finish up, Jim... Debbie said you wish. Your playing career again, I mean, you round off the, the players that you, you managed to share a pitch with, uh, incredible stuff, Jim. Was there any player that you, you came up against a, a tough opponent in direct opposition that always gave you a, a hard time? Oh, there was loads of them, Derek. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, uh, the, the, the first division down in England in the 60s and the 70s yeah. was, was very competitive, yeah. like it was in Scotland as well, because there was so many 
great players around and, and players that were coming to the fore. Um, I, I love my football, Derek. I, I watch as much as I can. And uh, I think in Scotland, we're getting better players now. And uh, I hope it keeps improving. I think the big thing as well is there's lots of good managers in Scotland. And they need to be careful that they, they don't let some of them go because, yeah. they, they, you know, they, if they let some of them go, they'll regret it in uh, the, the next couple of, couple of years because some of them are very, very good. Yeah, talk about Scotland. But, um, I know it was it's, it was harder to get caps back when you were playing, Jim. But you, you maybe look back and think, yeah, I wish I get maybe one or two more caps for for the country. Well, it all it all depended. Derek, there was there was niggly injuries at the time. Yeah. There was changes of managers. Um, not making any excuses. Like I said, the the competition was stiff. Yeah. And, and when you got in the team, the the thing was to stay in the team. So, you know that that was the way it was back then. Um, I, I think uh, I enjoyed my international career, um, spanning back to schoolboys, youth under twenty three and four. There is no greater thing than to represent your country, and and I did it on four levels, and for that. Um, I'm I'm very proud, but eternally grateful. Yeah, definitely. And um, well, finally, then, Jim. Of course, you, you mentioned that you've been writing your, your autobiography. What what gave you the uh, the idea to 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 write about your your time in in the game? And um, I guess we're all looking forward to, to to having it released. Is there any idea when when we can expect to see it on on, on the bookshelves? Well, it'll be later this year. It might be September, October time. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure because. Um, COVID at the moment will, will right play a part in my planning yeah. um, because um, I, I've got, you know, ideas um, to have as far as I can, as far as it's possible to have uh, a launch in uh, most of the clubs that I played for yeah. and, and hopefully um, at the National Stadium as well. Oh, so we'll have to wait and see, Derek, uh, how that pans out and how COVID goes, but I'm certainly looking forward to it coming out. I've, I've spent a lot of time writing it and I've, I've had a, a lot of help from a lot of people and I'd like to thank them and especially my, my, my wife, Debbie, who's had to put up with me <laughs> sitting there writing all the time and asking her things and her checking up things. But I've thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, I can't wait for it to come out. I think there's Lots of nice stories in it and good stories about football clubs and people behind the scenes. There's a lot of people that work in uh, football clubs, you know, they, they never get mentioned. But when you go back to your clubs 20 years, 30 years later, them people are always there. They're the, the mainstay of the football clubs. And to be honest, in the 60s and the 70s, a lot of them didn't get paid. A lot of them was voluntary. So they 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 are great people, you know, and uh, you, you know they see you when you when you're happy, and they see you when you're sad, because football's such a you know a competitive sport. You on a Saturday, you're the best player in the world, and on a 
a Tuesday or Wednesday, you've had a, a nightmare. You're the, the worst guy that ever kicked a football. <laughs> so that, that's the thing you have to live with. You, at the end of the day, you must go out and perform. And yeah. confidence is, you know, a lot of people say, well, confidence, but confidence is so important. Um, and good habits, uh, especially for, for young players, they, they have to get used to disappointment because you will get that, but you have to get above it. Yeah, yeah, wise words indeed. Well, we look forward to reading it when, when it comes out, Jim. It's been absolutely terrific having you on. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. No problem, Derek. You take care, OK? That was episode 92 of the Talking Fitball podcast with Jim McCallyog. As ever, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can listen to all previous episodes on pretty much all podcast platforms, the likes of Apple, Spotify, and we're also on YouTube if you just search for Talking Fitball. Be also sure to check out and subscribe to the Talking Fitball website where you'll find a whole lot of great articles and content on there. It's just talkingfitball.co.uk. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Talking underscore Fitball, and we're on Facebook as well. And if you want to spot Sponsor the podcast, you can do just that. Just visit the Get Involved page on the website and email us at contact at DerekClarkSports.co.uk. Hope you can join me again next time. I'll be chatting to former Dundee, Aberdeen and St Mirren defender Lee Mayer. But until then, keep safe and bye for now.